0: The show. The fellows are back for another season of football. The NFL week one underway. College football week two in the books, and now week three in college football coming up, and the second week of NFL. BG and Randy with me. We're gonna hear from Parker uh, later at the end of the show with his picks, and we'll hear from. I guess we'll we'll just read off uh, Zachary's picks. But BG Vikings one and zero. Big time weekend from Kirk Cousins, from Justin Jefferson in the offense. Defense getting four sacks on Aaron Rodgers, the big pick from Harry Hitman, really was the best possible start to the season you could hope for. This new coaching regime in the front office and everybody all around Vikings want to know your reaction.
1: Yeah, it was the best way to start off the season for sure, and clearly the best way to start off that Kevin O'Connell Kevin O'Connell legacy um, as well with our new GM, new defensive coordinator, and new offensive coordinator. We couldn't have asked for a much better game. Um, we really did dominate the Packers, both on offense and defense, um, and only gave up 195 yards to Rodgers, no touchdowns, um, and less than 10 points, and that has never been done uh, to Rodgers with the Vikings before. So it's pretty impressive um, what we were able to do on offense, move the ball downfield, especially in that first half, um, and cut off Rodgers for when he was looking for that deep pass, um, minus that first play of the Packers offense with that drop. But yep. pretty much the rest of the game, they couldn't get anything going um, since we seem to have good coverage, whether that was because of Patrick Peterson and our guys keying in on our defensive scheme or Rodgers just not getting used to his first-round pick as well as um, other receivers who hasn't really had a lot of chemistry with. So um, I think we looked great there, and it was, it was great to see Jefferson start off where he left off last year um, with over 180 yards, nine grabs, and two touchdowns. I think he could possibly, and I don't want to say most likely, but I think there's a good shot that he's going to break the receiving record this year with yards, Hell especially yeah. now with that extra game. Yep. Um, and this Kevin O'Connell offense, that he's going to be the Cooper Cup of the Vikings with how we move him around and move him. So couldn't ask for anything better. It's always good um, going into the season 1-0. and Didn't start that way last year with the Bengals. So it's nice we got a, a hard game out of our way and hopefully move on to uh, 2-0.
0: Yeah, and it was a sloppy Game 1 last year, if you remember, against the Bengals on the road. ton of penalties. The offensive line was terrible. And it was really a complete flip of the script from last season and the last couple of seasons under Mike Zimmer. I mean, we didn't give up any points in the final four minutes of either side of the game, the end of the first half, end of the second half, um, and then the first few minutes of the first half and the first few minutes of the second half, where the Vikings were just destroyed in the end of the Zimmer regime and that was really his downfall was giving up points before the half giving up points at the end of the games and they completely flipped the script there I think they had 10 points uh, in the end of that first half gave up nothing it was awesome to see and then even in the third quarter it kind of you know with two minutes left Vikings have to punt in the third quarter the Packers had just scored a touchdown it kind of looked like okay this could be a similar situation that we've seen year after year with Mike Zimmer and this team the The offense gets really conservative. They start punting the ball. They start going three and out, and slowly the defense wears down, and the opposing team comes all the way back. And sometimes we lost the game. Usually we lost those games. Sometimes we would find a way to win, but it would be way closer than than the Vikings would like. And fortunately, the defense stepped up two big sacks on that next series from D.J. Wanham. Packers then get the first down, but then I think it was uh, Zadarius or even maybe Daniil. I'm not sure who got the sack after that, but – just a big time stop after the Packers had scored that first touchdown to cut it to, I believe at that point it would have been a thirteen point game. Um, the Vikings then get the ball back, march down, kick a field goal, and kind of ice that thing away. But let's bring in Randy, our local Packers fan. How are you feeling after the zero and one start and how miserable that offense looked? That was uh,
2: it was a it was a tough way to start the week, but we started the season last year similarly. With uh, same questions around same questions around uh, wide receivers, um, even still with Devontae Adams last year, um, and we got the number one seed and and Rogers won MVP. So I don't think it is um, I don't think the sirens are going off for Packer fans given what happened last year. Uh, the offensive line was real beat up um, with with Elton Jenkins and uh, David Bakhtiari both not starting. Um, Reports are that they just felt they could give him an extra week, and um, I mean, kind of take the take the L if it meant them being healthy for the rest of the year. Um, and then also losing some losing some offense linemen during the game to injuries just didn't help that 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 pass rush. No disrespect at all to the to Daniil Hunter and, and Zadaria Smith. Those two guys are those two guys are dogs. I mean, they are mm-hmm. they're. I mean, w- the Packers have had Zadaria Smith past couple years. And, oh, yeah. and I I watched the game with uh with some Vikings fans and you know their comments to me was, you know, how scared they were of Zadarius Smith the past couple years when yeah. Packers played the Vikings and how great a feeling it is that that he's on he's on your side now. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean I think the 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 mood for the game was after that first offensive play for the Packers. Uh Christian Watson dropping that easy seven yard touchdown. Um and then just the I, we were in the zone all game, all game. We were in his Uh The three times um, the three times that um, cousins threw to Jair when Jair was guarding a guy in man um, cousins went over three and only one of those times was on Justin Jefferson. And that was that, that offensive pass interference that uh, um, that he had. And it would have been an incompletion anyway, if, if the OPI wasn't called. So, I think some questions around some of the defensive decisions, just like you can't just sit in a zone when you've got a cornerback like Jair Alexander who can you know, probably put up a good fight against mm-hmm. J- Justin Jefferson. There's only so much you can do with you know, probably a top, for sure, top five wide receiver in the league. We'll see if he emerges as the best receiver in the league this year. Um, but kind of just a dud all around, and, and, and it was close enough where... I think Packer fans were kind of hooked in probably through midway in the fourth quarter of, well, there's, you know, we still got Aaron Rodgers. There's still, there's still a chance and and we're playing the Vikings. The Vikings can, can still Viking. So not, um, not a great weekend all around for, for, for those like me who are Packers fans and and Hawkeye football fans. For Randy's Um, everywhere. For Randy's everywhere had, had a tough weekend. Um, But I mean, if uh, ho- hopefully other randys out there had the consolation prize of uh, of winning some money at pull tabs, drunk at the bar this weekend like I did.
0: There, there you go. go. Yeah, I think the one difference you mentioned it right away about this year and last year is you don't have Devonte Adams, that star receiver that you know is gonna that connection with Rodgers that you know is going to win you some football games. And I think oh. when you look at the Packers from last year, you say, okay, yeah. Tough start, but we we still got some weapons on the offensive side, and you can't really say that this year. I, I
2: I think though this game, um, and I've thought about maybe rewatching the game if I've got some time this week. But like Rogers just didn't have any time to throw the ball today, and I I, I think even with Devontae, I don't know how differently that game would have gone if we just still had those the offense line we started with and the injuries. Like we like, Rogers had absolutely no time in the pocket. Um, he was dumping off to um to 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 Dylan into Jones into his tight ends all day, finding guys in the flat. Like I don't know if, if having Devontae would would have been a big difference. I also I don't I, I love the fact that the broadcast kept on showing Devonte Adams's mm-hmm. live yards versus um the Packers wide receivers live yards. But then I was watching red zone on a second screen where the Raiders were just getting blown out by the uh, by the Chargers. So I mean Devontae Adams is still good but, I mean, he's not making that team single-handedly. Um, you know, they might be the worst team in that division. Well, I guess after the Broncos game, maybe the third best team in that division of the AFC, the, the best division in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this game specifically, I don't know how much having Devontae would have changed the outcome of that game because Rodgers is getting beaten around all day.
0: Yeah, and the times he did hang on to the football, he he fumbled it and threw a pick. among taking some other hits as well but yeah the credit to the Vikings defense doing just a great job of getting after the quarterback and obviously if you can keep 99 and keep 55 healthy it's going to be a pretty dangerous defense.
1: Yeah and it definitely helped that the Packers like you said Andy they're both without their starting tackles for game one but even with that said just I think the Vikings played really well defensively which didn't help Aaron Rodgers but I just thought you know all these border battles that we have between the Vikings and the Packers the Vikings win some it's really half and half for the past five years or so, and usually both sides really play well. I can't remember a time where Aaron Rodgers hasn't played well, but this this past game, it it just seemed like Aaron Rodgers wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of old. Um, It's week one, which I know they struggled with last year, and he's facing pressures, but I can think of two to three times where he held onto the ball looking downfield and got sacked, um, where Aaron Rodgers would just dump that off or throw it up to a receiver and hope for pass interference, which he almost always got with Devontae Adams because our cornerbacks would just hold on to him where now it seems like he doesn't have that option and chemistry where, you know, if he's in trouble here, I'm going to throw it up to Devontae or at least I can throw a back shoulder because we're on the same page. I don't know if Roger just wasn't prepared um, and that's why he was holding on to the ball or if it is because of the, the the young receivers that they have and the chemistry isn't there, but it was a noticeable difference to me. um, Some, you know Aaron Rodgers' mistakes that would be like Kirk Cousins' mistakes when there's nothing there. You hold on to it a second too long, or you know you could just dump it off. So. Well,
2: I I will say no one even he, the the Vikings can go 17 and 0 this year. No one takes a sack like Kirk Cousins does, where he just like shrivels into a small little ball in the pocket and just gets encompassed like a black hole opened up <laughs> in the pocket. But he didn't really um, do that
1: on Sunday.
2: Didn't see any of that. There was there was one instance There's one, there was was one right instance in but again face. it's 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 a distinctive way of Kirk Cousins yeah. taking a sack. But I mean again. That's I, Mike I Zimmer, th- Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um you saw it in the second half a little bit, he uh Rogers connected with Romeo Dobbs on a couple scrambles where Dobbs left his route and kind of found a found a hole in the zone, which is which is real promising. Um, again, it's it's a loss. You gotta you gotta find positives where you can take them, and especially with with a young group of of wide receivers. But I think moving forward for the Packers, the the priority is um I mean, the priority is is getting the offensive line healthy, um, and then I think defensively, just taking a look at. You know, kind of just taking a look at our strategy. Defense just blown
0: it all up. Just restart. Yeah, I mean, Fresh more man. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's. Um, I mean, there was even there's there's a video on Vikings Twitter going around today of Jair Alexander going one on one because there was a few opportunities that they played man and he was one on one with, uh, with JJ and he just got absolutely burned and then you know JJ breaks open and it's like we'll be right back. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video, Andy, but yeah. <laughs> even if you do put him in, man, how are you going to stop all three of our guys? And then you throw in, like, either a Cook or a Madison in the backfield. Irv Smith didn't well, have a good game, really. Irv
2: Smith had no catches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think one target. But I mean, I think run wise, um, Madison, I think for the most of the game, until like the last quarter when you guys were just running the ball out, and I think Dalvin broke a couple longer runs out at the end of the game that. I think helped his box score numbers go up, but I think for sure, for 90. yeah, um, As long with sixteen. As long with sixteen, but in that last like in the last drive, I think he had like a ten yard run. Like game was game was put away. They're they're running the ball. The Packers are going for strips. Um, I thought I thought our run defense was all right, and I thought I mean it's it's only one game, but but Alexander Madison looked. Um, and, and maybe the number changes too. Also threw me off because every time they handed the ball off, I was like, "Wait a minute, is that is this Madison yeah. or is this is this Cook running the ball?" But I thought Madison looked looked real good. And then KJ Osborne for the Vikings. I mean, if you if you think of what what uh, O'Connell did with the Rams and that eleven personnel using you know all three wide receivers getting pretty high usage, KJ Osborne being that third wide receiver, I think um, could be a breakout year for him. Where I mean. I'm not a Vikings fan. I didn't think of him last year as, like, fantasy-wise, fantasy as someone who's worth having on a team or just stashing on a bench in case of injuries. Like, I think that's something to get excited about if you're the Vikings of, you know, between those two guys on offense kind of breaking out this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I drafted K.J. Osborne in my league, um, and I think he is one of the best third receivers on any team in the NFL. It's just – Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne, that's a very deep wide receiver uh, grouping. And, you know, he's he, he's still younger, but I just think of K.J. Osborne as old and reliable, that mm-hmm. if he needs to make a play um, and they're doubling Jefferson or if Jair's on man on Jefferson and we have to look elsewhere, that K.J.'s that guy who you can trust, much like Thielen. But I know it's it's less talked about with K.J. where his box score, I mean, three catches, 14 yards – It's not that impressive, but it's a catch with a guy in his face or the second or third option where we really need somebody for this third down where he's going to come in. So I think, yeah, the sky's the limit for KJ, and a lot of that coverage is going to go towards Jefferson, which will open more opportunities up for him, as well as Thielen, who kind of had, I guess, a subpar game for his standards Mm -hmm. with three catches, 36 yards. But, again, you're not going to have many – Chances to have 184 yards before the defense starts keying in and switching up their scheme, which yeah. the Packers didn't really seem to do for whatever reason. Um, where I mean, that's not a problem for us with Thielen, with uh, KJ, and then Irv Smith. Let's see what he's got this year. And yeah. Cook out of the backfield. who's yeah. a great receiver.
2: Who do the Vikings have this weekend? Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Monday
0: ooh, night That'll football. be a great time game. Time. Yep, should be a good one. Vikings opened up at two and a half point underdogs uh, in Philly on Monday night. So we'll see. Uh, where that line moves to. I would imagine it would move in the Vikings' direction a little bit. I guess it mainly depends on injuries. I don't know what Philadelphia is looking like. We came out of that game pretty clean, um, wh- which Lewis was nice. Louis Lewis Seen back, yep. I believe. Lewis Seen should, uh, should be back in the mix. I think Andrew Booth is still going to be another few weeks. I don't remember what the diagnosis was on him, but still waiting to see the second-round pick out of Clemson, um, or our second-round pick out of Clemson. Andrew Booth Jr. But let's look at some of the grades for this weekend from Pro Football Focus. The highest graded offensive players for the Vikings were Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he finished with a score of 91.1, the highest in the NFL among all wide receivers. Then it was Kirk Cousins, the second highest rated player on the Vikings, 85.1 for your quarterback. And Brian O'Neill, right tackle, 80.6 for him. He was ninety-two. I believe in run uh, run blocking grade, it was the highest graded tackle this week by pro football focus. Um, under pressure, Kirk was tremendous this week. He graded out uh, under pressure at 84.8, uh, and it was a 116 passer rating in those situations. It was 42% of his dropbacks did Kirk Cousins face pressure, uh, something that he was... Much, much worse that last year. In similar situations, pro football focus rated them at a 52 grade uh, and uh, a passer rating of 72.5. So tremendous jumps from 52 to an 84.8 grade uh, just from a season ago. Big time game from Kirk Cousins. And that interior offensive line, they've struggled in years past, I thought the run blocking was tremendous. Pro football focus agreed with that. Ed Ingram, our brand-new right tackle, rookie right tackle, uh, right guard, excuse me, graded out as like an 84. Uh, I don't have it written down here, but he was like an 84 at run blocking. He was like the third worst guard, though, in the NFL this last Sunday at pass protection. He gave up the big sack, and there was a late pressure he gave up to, to uh, Kenny Clark, who had a pretty good, Pretty good game. I mean, if you're going to look at bright spots, Kenny Clark would definitely be on there, Um, Randy for the Packers. Um, Other grades from pro football, I guess that's all I had really. I just put the offensive guys down there, but a a pretty solid start.
1: Yeah, I've got the defense guys right here for our top five PFF grades. Um, Number one, Harrison Smith. Um, Not much of a surprise there, Mm -hmm. especially with that interception. Number two, Delvin Tomlinson. Number three, Harrison Phillips. Uh, Four, Kendricks, and five, Cam Bynum. Um, so some of the expected guys and, you know, Tomlinson, Phillips, Bynum, not so much expected, but that just, I mean, it shows that Daniil Hunter, Zendarius Smith, who both had um, sacks, one had a forced fumble. Yep. Neither of them are even in the top five PFF grades, uh, which we're going to need to go far uh, in this league and to go far in the playoffs to, to have a deep defensive team and just not rely on those stars, the Harrison Smith, Kendrick, Zendarius, Daniil. On our team, so it's encouraging that the interior defensive line I thought did okay. Uh We got to improve our, our um, defense when it comes to stopping the run. I think the Packers averaged about six and a half yards to yeah. carry. Which, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon—that's probably one of the he, toughest combos in the league.
2: AJ Dillon ran all over that Packers defense, and he's that Derrick Henry type where he's going to fall forward for another yard or two.
1: Yeah, and just as the game goes on, it gets harder and harder to tackle tackle him as you're getting sore and. Yeah, so it's encouraging uh, to see these guys step up. Uh, another guy on our defense who I think had a great game was Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, he led the team with nine tackles, and he was also in there for one of the sacks, which was pretty much a coverage sack, but we'll take it. So um, it's good that uh, we're building the defense around some of the new guys, some of the old guys, and I can't even remember the defensive coordinator's name for us. but Ed Donatel. Yeah, you, you could not ask for a better start against the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: Yeah, tremendous from both play callers. Obviously, KOC doing the uh, offensive play calls and Ed Donatel on the defensive side of things. I thought they were both tremendous. I mean, if you're not complaining as a fan about the play calls and you don't know what's happening, uh, you don't know what, what we're going to do on third and sixth where it felt like it was always going to be a dump off. Uh, under previous regimes. And, and that, that first offensive series of the game, they get it down to the one-yard line, or they uh, get it down to the four, I think it was, fourth and one, and, and they run the little flare screen to J.J. for the touchdown. Just on brilliant. Fourth down. On fourth down, fourth Which and Zimmer one from the four. Kicked a field goal. Totally. I mean, that's just a tremendous way to start the game. And then, obviously, the first offensive play for the Packers, Pat Peek gets burned over the top. He mentioned it on KFAN today, uh, on Tuesday, a couple of days after the win. Uh, that he totally got burned. Yeah, he, he he was lucky that guy dropped it, but he made sure that nobody else got over the top the rest of the day. And I don't know. I haven't seen the all twenty two film, but I didn't see anybody else get over him for for a long one. So and and, and if
2: people did get over him, Rogers probably didn't have the time to to, to let that play develop.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're really. I mean, this is classic Packer fan. I think, but you're really underselling how bad I thought Rogers looked. And I don't think I don't think he was under his pressure as much. Oh, as our playing.
2: our of our of our PFF. Bottom five graded players. Uh, four of them were offensive linemen.
0: How many? What percentage of dropbacks was he under pressured? You know,
2: uh, not sure.
0: Well, maybe maybe, maybe I check can look that, that out. up. Yeah, uh, looking at the depth chart here, it does say Andrew Booth is questionable um, for next week. So we'll see what happens there. Lewis seen also with the questionable. And uh, hey, little guy on here, we know Kenny Willekes, uh still in the depth chart on the IR. Um, so
1: so he's on the. Injury reserve list. Yep, I take it. Yep,
0: uh, another guy I was excited about and who could be a potential guy to pick up on fantasy this week. Who knows if they're even going to play him? But Jalen Rager could be uh, a kind of a wild card, at dark horse coming into this Monday night game against his former team. He was picked in the same draft as Justin Jefferson ahead of Justin Jefferson. Obviously, those two careers are on different trajectories right now. Uh, but excited about him. I thought he looked pretty pretty solid on punt. I mean, you can always tell when somebody looks nervous back there, and I thought he looked very calm. He made one nice return, made a couple of guys miss, got about 10 yards, and then everything else I think was fair caught. But excited to see what he can do and what, what the Vikings coaching staff can make him into. You know, you never know if you could get another diamond in the rough with him.
1: Yeah, he's talented enough. He just needs that confidence with a mm-hmm. new regime that's totally possible, and it'll be great, great to have you know a Marcus Sherrill's uh, version two back there. And I just looked up um, Eagles injuries ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing much as I just started looking for it, but they're starting, I, I believe it's their starting defensive end, Derek Barnett, tore his ACL week one, and he's mm. out for the season, which obviously sucks. Um, but <laughs> on the other side, it, it helps out our Vikings offensive line. Yes, yeah, it does. And um, young guys up front.
0: Nothing big on the injury report, though, the Eagles. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, looking, I guess, throughout the rest of the depth chart, another guys who had good games, Greg Josephs, Ryan Wright, the, uh, the big punter, new guy. Uh, but Josephs was perfect. I think he was three of three, hit that 56 yarder. Um, and the punting was pretty damn good too. I mean, everything was inside the 10 for the most part, no miscues and, and nothing really to talk about on special teams. So a solid performance, um, something that we certainly don't take for granted in Minnesota with the special teams. Um, um, Rankings. So ESPN and the athletic both put out their new set of rankings after week one, the athletic, I don't know how much to really put into this. Obviously rankings are always kind of goofy and they're just fun things, but the, the athletic has the Packers now ranked 20th in the NFL and the Vikings ranked five in the NFL after just one week with, with the Packers offense really banged up, missing their two tackles. Like Andy mentioned, missing their top receiver in Lazard. Uh, but the Athletic maybe a little overreaction from them putting the Vikings at 5. And for our opponent next week, Philadelphia, they ranked them 6th in the NFL. ESPN ranked Minnesota at number 10. They ranked the Packers at 8, and they ranked Philadelphia, again, our next opponent, at 9 overall. Probably a little more accurate ranking there from ESPN, but that's where we sit after week 1 in the NFL. Uh, Vikings, like we mentioned, in Philadelphia next week, Monday night, uh, and if they can get to 2 and0, the schedule does get quite a bit easier, B.G, they're got Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago at home, Miami, Arizona and Washington in their next six games. If they beat Philadelphia and get to 2 and0, do they run the table there from that point on, for, for six in a row to get to 8 and0?
1: I think if we beat Philadelphia, we should go 8 and0. I mean, you start off beating the Packers week one. You go into Philadelphia, a top-ten team, and beat them. So, I mean, that just shows what you're capable of. If you win those two games, you should go 8-0. No. not saying that they will, but I'm not going to be surprised if, if we come out of this eight, first half of the season, the first eight games, you know, 6-2, and two, but obviously it's just one game. Don't want to overreact. And mm-hmm. NFL is a league where anybody can win any game, and you saw that week one with all the upsets that there were. Um so I just hope that we continue to to play up to our ability, and Kevin O'Connell and our DC uh, continue to outscheme our opponents, which I think we completely did week one.
2: S- six and two through your first eight games is probably best record in the NFC. Just just not a great division, not a great yeah. conference this north? year. No, or no, no in, in, in the NFC. The
1: AFC is loaded, which you know hasn't always been the case. And I, I feel like i we've always been screwed as Minnesota fans. You're in the NFC. You're in the Western Conference for NBA. Where the Eastern Conference has been lacking for so long. Yep. AFC has been lacking for so long, but now it's kinda it's kind of flipped. Uh AFC is definitely the stronger division. Eastern Conference is a lot better than it once was. What
0: about the Bucs? They're not gonna get to six and two? I don't know.
2: They just they didn't wow me. They kinda they stomped def- on Dallas, no? Well, they they scored nineteen points. Yeah, but Dak Prescott went with an injury injury. Yeah,
1: yeah their defense looked great, but yeah. I don't know how good Dallas is. Yeah, that, I mean that's or... that,
2: and that and and then there's a certain measure of overreaction done yeah. week one. Oh, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the Bucks and like even like the 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 Rams didn't impress anyone. I mean Matthew Stafford, something, mm-hmm. something's up with his arm there. He's always had a weird <laughs> throwing motion. Yeah, and yeah, I mean the NFC is going to be a buzzsaw because I mean I don't think anyone's. Like far and away through week one, like, oh shit. Like in, in the AFC, you've got the Bills, you've got the Chiefs. Yep. Um, the Chargers even look yep. like they're going to be a tough out. Um, Yeah. But I think, I I think one of my week one takeaways is <clears throat> there's no like clear in a way, terrible team in the NFL. Like I think you're going to get a lot of, a lot of parody, let's call it like 15 to 32 like when it comes to the the bottom half of the league. Um whereas in years past, like, you know, you always have like a dolphins that are tanking or Jets mm-hmm. being the Jets. Like that's red zone's gonna be great this year. It was great this weekend, maybe an all time witching hour, maybe just 'cause we were <laughs> we were we were thirsty for football. Mm-hmm. Um but it was uh week one definitely delivered in the NFL. Yeah. I would
0: agree. I would agree. Even all the way down to that Monday night game with uh with Seattle and the Broncos last night. How about uh, the Broncos, the way they handled that last, even just the last 55 seconds, I think, was it, they ran that's it from 55 seconds like down Zimmer to 20. Has. seconds.
2: No, that's that's the uh, that's the Matt Lafleur late game coaching situation tree right there. Yeah,
0: not a good I way to know, handle boy, it. No. I mean, why not just take the time out there right when that play ends, have 50 some seconds on the clock, think about it, you know, even if you're going to kick it, I guess you're going to kick it with a little more time left on there. So maybe they, I don't know, if you make the kick, it's it's all. Uh, Everything changes, and they almost did make that kick. Just and and if you don't fumble the ball on the one yard line
2: two times, (laughs) then you're not even in that situation. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but it's just crazy. You you get Russell Wilson in the offseason, you pay 250 million, whatever it was for him. He's against his old team, the Seahawks. It's fourth and five. It's not like you've got Trevor Lawrence out there and you need to convert this. It's fourth and five, and you're gonna you're gonna bag it on a 64 yard field goal. It's just after letting the clock run down to 20 seconds. It's just it makes no sense. Um, I saw that their coach came out today and said that he made the wrong decision and that he, <laughs> he regretted did. it. Yeah. Um, it. So we'll see how that ends up for him. Russ yep. was standing behind him, but it's yeah. I'm thankful that that wasn't the Vikings coach because we've seen that, that one too yeah. many times. That time management, the what are you doing, the scoring not going in your favor the last two minutes of the half or the final of the game. It's yeah. I'm hoping that's a thing in the past. Yep.
0: Yeah. A truly Mike Zimmer-esque way of handling an end-of-the-game situation. And, and especially after he got that first kick, McManus did, he had the opportunity to take the practice kick before they called the timeout. I was like, oh, he missed that one. That's always a good sign if you're if you're rooting for the Broncos or if you're cheering for the kicker to, to miss the first one and then get, get that second one, obviously, to go. And just, you know, just a little bit too much of a hook on that one, Randy. The, the all-time NFL
2: record for kicks of 64 yards or longer is 2 for
0: 41. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet and that McManus was one of seven. Okay. A little better. From but over 60. If a little you, better, if, still bad.
2: But over, for over 60. I'm talking 64 or or longer. Okay. And I just wonder what your, your odds of Russell
0: Wilson getting you, what, like five yards? Yeah. It's
2: probably better than whatever two divided by 41 is.
0: I heard something <laughs> about that. They were saying like the odds that he picks up that first down was like 42% or something like that, that he picks up the first down. But yeah, like you said, the odds they make that kick is about 7% or maybe less.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, maybe you can justify it a little bit more if you're in Denver where the ball is going to travel right. more. <laughs> right, But you're, you're in Seattle for it. I mean, if it he's knows. banging 64 yards in the Denver field for practice, it's not the same as going out to Seattle. So yeah. it's just more on top that it doesn't oh, make sense. And they
0: said in the pregame, too, that he made a 64-yarder in, in warm-ups. But the thing is that that was four hours ago or maybe more when the, you know, the air temperature was at least probably 10 degrees higher. I think they said it was 64 degrees when he made that kick. And who knows what it was when the sun was up in in daylight. But at least speaking from golf balls, every 10 degrees they say is like, I don't know, some like seven or eight yards of less ball flight. And that's just, if you're talking about a bigger ball, that can get colder probably a little faster. Uh, Maybe not faster, but it can definitely get... colder and it's a bigger ball you would assume it would fly less even when it when it's colder that, out so that i don't know kick wasn't short though it was it was it was wide
2: left wasn't That's true. it yeah like it, he had the distance for both kicks yeah the it first just one
0: th- boom the second one
2: yeah. al- almost didn't get there i think it just yeah. barely would have got over the that. um the seahawks mascot caught it and he was back <laughs> yeah um he was back uh back at the
0: uh stands but still think about it like golf i mean if you have to hit a shot And it has to go a certain distance to get over water or whatever. You're going to swing a little bit harder, making it just a little bit more inaccurate. So you know, exactly, yeah. If if it's not quite from 64 or it's not 66 degrees, if it's still 80 degrees and you're in Miami, that's a huge difference than being in the Pacific Northwest and having it be 64 or 66 degrees, whatever it was.
2: Yeah, and if if I remember right, I think kickers have to kick the ball lower, or uh, it has to start lower for those long kicks. So. You're increasing your chance of of, of a block kick uh, as well.
1: Do you guys see the Browns kicker this weekend? It was Um, the
0: emergency kicker, right? No, that was the Chiefs. He's their
1: their rookie kicker. I think his name is Gabe York. Mm. He was taken in the fourth round this year from LSU, and he made a 60-yarder, and there was at least 10 yards extra. It hit the net probably almost eight yards up. Wow. So it would have been good for 70.
0: Is he the guy who kicks it on the laces?
1: I don't think so. Okay. No, but I mean to take a kicker in the fourth round is kind of crazy. Yeah. But they I'll, clearly knew what he was doing. It was the hardest kick football I've ever seen in my life, and it was just down the middle. Like no.
2: wow, he, he was my he's my dynasty fantasy football kicker because I I, I was I'm like oh he's twenty two years old fuck yeah, yeah fourth <laughs> round he's gonna uh, and, be there for a while and then it, it, as well we're on kicker talk Rod uh, Rodrigo Blankenship yep. was uh, was cut, cut just, by uh, uh, the uh, by the Colts today All-time yeah. <laughs> all time nerd the picture of him when <laughs> him. And, <laughs> Oh, so Him and Andrew Luck can go have their book club together now. And yep, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, should we roll into a little bit of college football? Anybody else have a note from the NFL? Anything? Cool. Let's roll over to the Minnesota Gophers, who rolled Western Illinois 62-10. to They are 2-0, two, oh, two terrible opponents, but uh, the Gophers did what they needed to do, and the offense is rolling along with Kirk Scirocco back at the helm running... The offensive side of things for the Gophers. Uh, Tanner Morgan back for his 12th year with Minnesota. Same with Mo Ibrahim and and Trey Potts, a fifth-year guy. And they got the center back, John Michael Schmitz. And the Gophers offense is rolling. The defense with, with Howden in the backfield, in the secondary, I should say. And I don't even know who else they got up front now with, with all the talent. They graduated last year. But the Gophers are rolling along for sure, getting more and more votes in the AP Top 25. Still haven't cracked it. Um, at least I didn't see that did that come out. For this yeah. Week I don't what? know if it's out for this week. It might've come out this morning. Uh, I didn't take a look, but came out a uh, Sunday. We'll, we'll uh it. watching football and, uh, well,
2: uh, well, uh, Scott Frost was being fired.
0: There you go. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Let's see if the Gophers are ranked in any of these polls. They are not middle of the pack in the, uh, AP top 25 for vote getters. They got 37 votes this week. And, uh, as far as the coaches pull a little further down, uh, 23 votes, uh, in that is St. Thomas ranked in the, uh, FCS negatory.
1: I think they got a one-on-one. One I think they, got, they got, got a dub
0: this weekend though, which is,
1: yeah, they beat good. Michigan tech 32, six, There we go. um, held them to less than 150 total yards. Uh, Michigan tech is a D two school, mm-hmm. but St. Thomas beat them by three last year, 12 to nine. So, uh, year two to year one improvement, um, Keeping everything else the same, that's a drastic improvement. So we're going in the right direction.
0: Nice, Tommy's on the move. Gophers will play at Huntington Bank Stadium back at home on Saturday. Colorado comes in for a 2:30 kickoff. Gophers favored by 27 and a half points right now. So assuming all goes to plan and the Gophers go 1-0 in the Colorado week, they'll move to 3-0 in the big test, the first big test of the year, a week from Saturday. In East Lansing against number 11 Michigan State, two weeks from uh, or two two games away now, I guess from from this upcoming week, but a big test uh, coming against Michigan State a week from Saturday. Go for to win the Big Ten West. BG, Hawkeyes and Badgers fall on the second week of college football. Nebraska fires their head coach, like Andy just mentioned. It seems like the stars are aligning where Minnesota, it could finally be our year to go to a Big Ten championship and maybe, just maybe, go to a Rose Bowl.
1: I think if the Gophers don't win the Big Ten West, we did something horribly wrong. Uh, This is probably one of the worst years for the Big Ten West as of recent, um, with Wisconsin and Iowa not being as strong as they usually are, and the Gophers being really good and really strong, keeping that offensive core um, those veterans back on back on our team. So I think without question, especially how we've played and Iowa losing this past weekend, Wisconsin losing this past weekend, even though that doesn't matter for Big Ten standings, I mean, it just shows the teams that are towards the top uh, in recent history and, and how, they're, how they're playing so far this season. So I think that y- you mentioned the Michigan State game. That's going to be a tough game for us. Um, I think that if we do win that game, the Gophers should go undefeated this entire season. We're not going to play another ranked team until Penn State, and they're 22 as of now, which can either go up or down, obviously. But we really have the chance to go undefeated. It's just too bad we don't play any better teams because, you know, years back UCF, they went undefeated. They didn't make it into the college football playoff. I'm not saying we're going to do that. But if we go undefeated, I don't even think we have the um, – the resume for that. But well, if do, they go undefeated
0: do, and win the Big Ten, they're gone. It,
1: that's, that's true. Do, yeah. do
2: you think this Gopher team is better than the team a couple years ago that went ten and two?
1: I think we definitely have the possibility to. Um, I don't
2: think they're as talented. Probably. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's. That, not, but I think not they schedule be, wise, because that year the schedule. Was well, even just from their core, I mean, tougher. they're not
0: they're not going to have a first round draft pick probably on this team, Uh whereas that team they had Rashad Bateman and then they had Tyler Johnson. And then they had Chris Autumn Bell as their third option on that team. Mo Ibrahim, of North course, was on that team. Antoine Winfield, who was. Yeah, in. their defense was, was, yeah. was kind of sick. Blake Cashman mm-hmm. was on that team. Um, yeah. And then a number of defensive linemen, too. And I think, uh, no, he probably wouldn't have been on that team. But the Packers uh, linebacker Devondre Campbell, who was a yep all pro, or I don't know if he was all pro, but he was like he was under, all pro. Was he was all pro. Yeah, he was all pro. He was on like the all NFL top 100 team yeah. as a rookie. So. I mean, guys like that. Do I think they have that many guys that are going to go on to be, you know, permanent features of NFL teams? Probably not, but they might be better as a cohesive unit. And yeah. and, and
2: the schedule definitely favors them this year. But I mean, BG, to your point, I mean that Michigan State game is going to be kind of the bellwether, and then also I think you just have to account that the Big Ten West style of football can just get a little weird where, you know, you might squeak one out against a bad Northwestern team, or, you know, you might play Wisconsin and run the score up and it'll, it'll be a shootout. Like, I think, you know, we don't, um, you never really know in the Big Ten West. Like last year, Iowa came out of the West with a three-way tie with Minnesota and Wisconsin, I think. Yep. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar situation this year in, in the West where you've got, you know, you got a couple teams that that have some sort of tiebreaker that that then gets sent to get blown up by Michigan or Ohio State in, a, in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. One thing that is nice for us is that when we do play Iowa this year, it's at Minnesota, which is huge because yep. we know how it has gone for us as Gophers fans. In the past when we go down to Iowa and play, it's just a very hard uh, stadium to play in, especially for us. Um, and then that last game of the season is against the Badgers where hopefully, you know, we're ranked pretty well by then and we have Big Ten Championship, Big Ten West Championship on our mind. Um, so I, I'm really glad that it's in Minnesota versus Iowa and that we finish up with the Badgers and we don't have, like, Michigan State, Badgers, back-to-back. Yep. Um, I mean, we've got room between Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, and then Wisconsin. So do I think they'll be as good as that 10-2 and two team? I, I guess I'm not sure. I think that we'll have a better record. I think I, I think we really do. And I know that's a hot take because it's saying we're going to go 11-1 and one at least. But – it's just that the Big Ten isn't the, as strong as it usually is with the schedule that we were given this year.
0: Yeah, obviously the game against Michigan State is going to be a huge one in two weeks, but but Penn State, too, will be tough. That's a, I, that's a night game. That's their whiteout game. Traditionally, they haven't been so good in the whiteout games, at least recently, uh, but that's still going to be in front of 115,000 at their biggest game of the year. I, that I will think be a Penn, tough game. I
2: think Penn State are frauds. I'm not saying that's a to discredit a future Minnesota win uh, at um, uh, at Penn State, but I just think that team, like they're ranked 22nd, but I think part of that is because there's just been so much craziness right now. They've got a game at Auburn when Auburn's not very good. I feel like people are going to react not accordingly <laughs> with if they win that game even. Yeah. Um, but I just think that team isn't, like that team is just going nowhere.
1: In first game of the year, they played Purdue, beat them by four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue's not a great Purdue's team. A bad football Penn team. Penn State, you know, it's, it's Penn State. They're a big football school where I think that might, ha- might do better uh, for them in the rankings than Minnesota would be. But just pulling yep. up their schedule now, they are on a tear midway through their season. They play number four, Michigan. Then they play us, and then they play number three, Ohio State. Wow. So that three-game stretch is going to be very hard. They find us in the middle where – I forget who we play before and after Penn State, but I'm pretty sure it's Illinois. and yeah, Illinois and Rutgers. Yeah. So it's you, it just looks like our schedule is lined up for us to succeed. You and cannot we just gotta have take a, advantage of you it. You
2: definitely have the easiest schedule in the Big Ten, and it's not even close.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I hope so. Maybe uh, an undefeated Big Ten campaign that would be historic. I don't know if it's ever been done. Maybe it has. They did. Win. They have won seven national championships, so it's probably been done before. Back Minnesota, when they played but, six games in a season, <laughs> but. Yeah, we're over there sitting thirteen world championships, boy. With you got nothing, you got nothing to say, because uh, the Packers won a whole bunch of world championships when there was like four teams in the league. So, well, we've uh, won four wins. It's been the NFL there. and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. A couple big tests, but they're scattered throughout the schedule. So
1: it seems crazy to say that the Gophers could go undefeated up until that Big Ten championship game. If we say that, and I know we love to look ahead and overreact, but that's really not out of the question what we season. do it, it just really isn't
0: that's what we do and, and the stars seem to be aligning for both of our favorite football teams it would could be a very exciting couple months ahead for us um either of you final fa- thoughts wrapping up the football weekend week one of the nfl week two of college football we're going to go into pick segment next um, looking ahead to the next week
2: i i forget how much nfl kind of clouds your mind over College football Saturday because it was a great college football Saturday with, with all the upset ha- upsets that happened. Just just some great games, um, shootouts overall. The the Aggies. I don't know if you guys saw the videos mm-hmm. from their midnight midnight yell <laughs> before getting yeah, beat horrible. by App State. And then also, did you see the videos from Boone, North Carolina? The celebration that appla- oh, yeah, that of just so, pandemonium in the
0: streets. Yeah, so Andy's talking about the, a video that surfaced around Twitter of I think it was I don't know some sort of like Welcome Week activity for for freshmen or what was it for at Texas A and M.
2: No, it's it's so the midnight yell. So I guess first off, if you don't know anything about Texas A and M football, their fandom is a cult, but in the kind of cult where if you call them out on it, they say, "Oh yeah, it's a cult." So they have they they've been doing this thing called the Midnight Yell. So every home game at midnight, they pack half of the stadium full of of students and fans. The night before, the night before, uh, the night before a home game, and there's these five students who are like voted on by the 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 student government who come up with chants and whatnot. It's like a pep rally, basically, like mm-hmm. back in high school and typically video doesn't come out of of like of 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 the midnight yell and it did for this week and they were just basically going after Appalachian State as a bunch of hicks from North Carolina which i don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Appalachian State's campus if you haven't google them right now it might be the most gorgeous campus in all of all the country. Their baseball field, the way it's set against the Appalachian uh, mountains. Bill just Google Appalachian State baseball. Yeah, it's pretty and just cool. it's it's that, that 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 the the town is sick. It's a, a small town that result revolves around this one tiny school that you know had a legendary win, what is it? 20 years ago almost, now 15 years ago against Michigan yep. when they were FCS. Now has made the jump into that uh, into FBS. Almost beats North Carolina last week, misses two extra points that could have won them that game and then goes in and beats the number six team in the country that some people are talking about had national or or I should say college football playoff hopes. Um, Just, just a great story all around. That's probably the best story of of the weekend, a weekend that had Notre Dame losing to Marshall.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about that? So shocking because Notre Dame looked great the week before against Ohio State. They obviously lost the game, but they looked awesome and it looked like, you know, this could be a good year for Notre Dame and then, what do they do? They, they lose at home to, to Marshall. Uh, but, yeah, a, a tremendous weekend of, of college and NFL football. Should we get into picks? Let's do it. All right, we start with a Thursday night game, the Chargers of Los Angeles. Are at you keeping track of this or do you want me to? Kansas City. I can keep track of it. Right. Um, at Kansas City, the Chiefs are four-point favorites as of about two hours ago per MGM, uh, rather betmgm.com. We'll start with BG your pick for Chargers at Chiefs.
1: I will go with the Chiefs spread. They looked like the Chiefs of old uh, week one. Chargers look good too, but they're going to most likely, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but be without their top wideout, Keenan Allen. So I'll take the Chiefs.
0: Randarius, who do you like? I'm, uh, I'm going to go
2: with the Chargers here. I like the four points. I think they keep this one within a field goal. Um, yes, they lose uh, Keenan Allen, um, but what um, – Gosh, I'm looking up his name now. That other receiver that they had um, who had a great game, um, DeAndre Carter. Uh, number one, I think he had a great game. He's a great fantasy football waiver pickup this week. Um, but I, th- I think the Chargers at offense is real good. That defense is also um, sneaky, nice. Um, I think they
0: keep this this within a, within a field goal. I like the Chiefs. No hill, no problem. They rolled last week. I, I think four points is disrespectful to the way they played last week. I mean, I have no idea about, about injuries either way, but I like the Chiefs at home. BG, could you pull up um, Zach's text message of all yep. his picks? And just, I got it here. You got it, Randy? He has the Chargers. He has the Chargers. All righty. Parker will have – we're going to insert his picks at is, the very end of the show. Zach's in College Station, like Texas? I think you're just, just –
2: Back
1: in lacrosse. I think he for met college.
0: Like, college Station lacrosse. I don't know. Oh, okay. no. He's back at school. Oh, he's yeah. back. Okay. Since this is his last okay. year. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's on that classic seven year program. Um, all right. Let's go to the 325. I believe it's a Fox game. It's the Bengals, the defending champions at Dallas Cowboys. Wait, but, but kind of a shocker. Here. Before we make these picks, two weeks
2: ago, this game looked like it would be the best game in of- the this weekend possibly Mm -hmm. or at least of the non-primetime games and now you've got Cooper Rush versus an 0-1 Bengals team that lost to Mitch Trubisky right (laughs) I mean that is that is a that is a buzzkill within
0: one week yeah I still think it's I mean just an interesting spread plus eight it feels like a lot of points it is Cooper Rush he only started one game last year it was an ugly Thursday night game but he got the win uh and I'm not saying he's as good as Dak Prescott which I think uh Skip Bayless tried to say this week, but I think Cooper Rush is solid, and you never know, uh, especially getting eight points at home. BG, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm still going to go with the Bengals. They're just so talented. Um, they had a horrible game. Burrow himself had five turnovers, and they still almost won the game. I think they get back on track here. They're definitely not starting 0-2, and I think they're going to try to prove a statement and run the score up. Randarius,
2: I like. It's hard to bet against eight points in the NFL. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Could I'm rush. with you
0: there. I I just think, I, especially after the way they played last week, they're probably gonna lose the game, but I think they could keep it close. I like the Cowboys at home. And Zach, who does he like?
2: Zach likes the Bengals. Zach likes the Joe
0: champs. All right, let's move over to the Runner Sunday ups. night game. Bears at Lambeau Field. Pack opened up at minus. 10. Woo-hoo. BG, what do you like?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a huge spread. Mm-hmm. But and The Bears I'm, won this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears are against the a team, <laughs> against the 49ers. Yeah. I'm going to stay with my logic um, with the, the, the Bengals, and I'm going to go with the Packers. I think there's no way they're going 0-2, and they're going to make a statement, and um, they're back at home. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Everybody else is pissed. I think they're going to run it up on the Bears, who – are one and zero because they played in a monsoon.
2: Yep. Yeah, this is. I mean, I, I. just said it's hard to bet against a team getting eight points, and. Um, I mean, I. I think. I think the Packers are going to be pissed. I think you go back to back, division games to start the year. Um, but it's. I've I've been going back and forth since you sent these games over. Yeah, Bill. Um, but uh, ten points. 10 points for the Bears. Justin Fields looked all right in the yeah. rain. I mean, he can like, he can make plays with his legs. Um, but that offensive line is I that offensive line for the Bears is terrible. They had a great rating uh, on PFF this weekend, but I think part of that is it's probably easier to defend a guy blo- to block a guy when he's no running through a pond mm-hmm. to <laughs> to try and get you.
0: Well, especially, um, did you hear about the whole grass seed issue they had at Soldier Field? Well, they put the wrong grass seed in. They had to like reseed the whole field. Well, and,
2: and not just that. So, so for you know golfers out there might understand this, but they put in new turf, which was much needed, at Soldier Field, and they put in Bermuda grass mm-hmm. in Chicago. And Bermuda grass is a grass that you will find in Florida golf courses in Southern California golf courses maybe less in Southern California golf courses but then Texas on golf courses it is a warm weather grass by November that that surface is going to be rock solid it is going to be brown and it is going to be like playing on a basketball court um, but this weekend it was it was turned into a was turned into a nice little pond. I think
0: they did reseed it with something else, though. I think they put no, it they, in they,
2: they they the Bermuda. they the No, they they changed it to they they ripped the old grass out, and then it's actually uh it's a Bermuda grass that um the USGA did, like the USGA created, um and they're trying to test it out on northern golf courses. Hmm. But I don't think you try a new grass that is trying to be tested out on a yeah. on a on an NFL field. Yeah. Anyway, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bears and the points. Ten points. I think they lose by ten. I think
0: that's a push. Randy's pick, taking the push. I'm going to take the Bears. I think we're going to see a little bit more. This defense for the Bears is going to be good. They had a couple of takeaways last week. Obviously, like you mentioned, it was playing in a pond, so it, you know, for the most part, neutralizes offenses' ability to score to do any sort of movement that kind of stuff, but I still think this Bears defense is really, really solid. The offense is going to be horrendous, but I think the defense keeps them in this game. They lose to the Packers, but they cover that minus 10 um, line. Who does Zach like?
2: Zach likes the Packers.
0: Zach likes the Packers. Typical Wisconsin boy. So
1: you guys are matching picks. Zach and I are matching picks, which... I don't know if I feel good about being on Zach's side.
0: <laughs> oh, I have match picks with Randy. Oh, no, no I not the first He picked the Chargers. All right. The game you've all been waiting for Monday Night Football, the second of a doubleheader on ESPN on Monday. It is the Vikings at the Eagles. As I mentioned before, Eagles opened at two and a half point favorites. BG, who do you like on Monday Night Football?
1: Really, no question. Vikes. I think they're going to take it outright.
0: Randy this is this is another harder one
2: i mean the eagles the eagles and the vikings both looked really good this week both the, i mean this this game i don't know what the over under is but i think you hammer the over what whatever that whatever that is is it 50 is it, 50? Is it at is least 50 i would guess it's i'll make i'll 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 filibuster it i'm gonna, guess, and a half. I'm gonna guess 52 guess. night game philly
1: it is 50
2: all right we split it um I'm gonna take the Vikings here. I think um, I don't know if they win it, but I think I think just turns into a shootout and, and last team with the ball wins this skin. But I'll take
0: I'll take a, I'll take the two two and a half points in the Vikings. There you go. I'm obviously taking the Vikings. I was going to pick them anyway, but I'm very confident in the way they're rolling right now, and I think it's going to take a, probably another couple of weeks before defenses can really figure out. I mean, it's they say three weeks of film. That's what teams do midseason. They watch the previous three weeks of film to kind of figure out a team. But anyway, based on that logic, I think it's three weeks until defenses can really start honing in on what Kirk Cousins, what Kevin O'Connell and his offense are trying to do week in and week out. I, I still like the Vikings this week, and I think they win by 10 or more. Zach, I'm guessing likes the Vikes, but anybody confirm that? Yep.
2: You want to lock that in for like double points,
0: double point game. Is that how?
2: Are you are you that confident that they'll win by 10 or more? That you'll take that you'll take Vikings minus. We'll call it nine and a half for. um, I'd I'd give I'd give you three points. Double points, yeah. I'll give you I'll I'll triple triple the points points for nine and a half.
1: And then if you get it wrong, minus three. Is that how that works? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, minus three. Sure. Yeah. Minus nine I like and a half, that. you get three extra points. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Daily triple. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. College game. There's really no good games, but this is the primetime ABC game. It's probably the only one that I'm really going to watch of the, of the night slate, so that's why I picked it. Uh, but it's number 11, Michigan State at Washington. Washington opened at three and a half, minus three and a half. So on the road. Michigan State underdogs. BG, who do you like?
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I don't know why Michigan State is underdogs in that one, um, with Washington not even ranked in Michigan State 11. So I'm going to go Washington just because it doesn't make sense, and I've seen that far too many times.
0: Wash for BG. Randy, who do you like?
1: Um,
2: I... There were some weird stories coming I saw on Twitter today around like the Michigan State players talking way too much about how they're going to be sleeping this week like they're gonna be sleeping they're going to be spending the week the whole team is like spending the week I think on West Coast time to acclimate their <laughs> bodies Which, that. and, and, awesome. and, and, and it's a night game still <laughs> it's a night game still it's not like it's uh it's not like they're going out to, like it's usually you see this when you like USC going over to play a, a noon game against like Georgia or I mean like some somewhere out east. Mm-hmm. I, you never see it the other way around, especially for a night game. But I mean, Michigan, Michigan State's are obviously uh, all into making sure that they win this game. So I'm going to take uh, I'll, I'll take the Spartans and uh, and what w- what's that coach's name? Uh, Mel Tucker. Mel Mel Tucker. Did this this reminds me. Did Did you see the stat that Mark Stoops at Kentucky passed Bear Bryant for career wins at Kentucky, oh, wow. which which means nothing to anyone because when you think Bear Bryant, you think of um, uh, you Alabama. think Alabama. Yeah, and it made me look up. Well, how many wins away is Mel Tucker from beating Nick Saban's uh uh. Wins at Michigan State, which Mel Tucker could do this year. Wow! So wow. big, big year for Mel Tucker to uh to to take down the uh, Michigan State goat that is Nick
0: Saban. I was gonna go with the the home team, but after hearing that whole West Coast yeah, about love about Sparty, I think that is flipping awesome. <laughs> love that idea. I hope they're showing up to class two hours late this week, <laughs> saying, "Hey, i was sorry, I was on the wrong time zone. What can you do? West Coast time." Uh, I'm gonna go with Sparty, and who does Zach like? Yeah, Spartans. Oh, and, and he – uh, it, it, the quarterback made a comment how
2: last year they, they – I forget if – it doesn't say if they beat or lost to Miami, but they went down to Miami, which is a one-hour time difference. Oh, no, oh, no, is it even a one-hour time difference for Michigan? No, it's not even a – but they said that they weren't well-rested last year for their game against Miami, which I think is in the same time zone. Yeah. Uh, and that I because of is. that experience – Some of Florida is, at least. Yeah, but because of – it's – doesn't make any sense at all, but they're thinking way too much about it, which, which as a gambler, I uh, I, I can get down with. It's bad P here with my picks for the week. Starting off with the Chargers plus four at the Chiefs, Bengals minus eight at the Cowboys. No Cooper Rush magic in Dallas next week. Bears plus ten at the Packers. Justin Fields sucks, but he's gonna get it done. Vikings plus two and a half at the Eagles and Michigan State plus 3.5 at Washington. For Bad Peas Can't Lose Parlay of the Week, Browns minus 6, Lions minus 2, Colts minus 4,
1: Seahawks plus 10, and Vikings plus 2.5. Book it.
0: Well, there you have it. Picks segment number one in the books for week number two of the NFL, week three of college football. Any final thoughts from anybody?
1: They're in the same time zone. I just looked it up. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
0: Last bit, did you see the, uh, the, vid- the cameo video? Bob Stoops. Of Bob I was going to end on that, and too. And Fran McCaffrey. Oh,
1: my
2: gosh. That is so good. And, and it makes it even better that Bob Stoops is a huge Iowa fan. He, he went to Iowa, has an Iowa uh, Herky tattoo. But um, I, I don't know if we can get it up on the pod quick. But it is uh, an Iowa fan asked, uh, Bob Stoops to do a cameo about his brother, Brian, who was, um, in a, f- a dilemma with his family, tell him that his family loves him, but he should probably leave the family business. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so good.
0: So, so good. All, yeah. Ultimate troll
2: move. Kirk, Love to see it too. Kirk Fearance was asked today if, uh, Spencer Petrus is the unanimous starting quarterback among, uh. Uh, Iowa coaches, and instead of doing the smart thing as head coach of a college football team and saying, yes, he is the unanimous starter if he's going to be your starter, he said, I can't comment on that, which gives your starting quarterback absolutely zero confidence and just throws him to the wolves. I, I was in disarray this year. It's, that's
1: that's like Mike Zimmer talking about Kellen Mund. Yeah. By the way exactly. you comment on him, it seemed like he did something to his family. Or he's any like one of our him. kickers ever. Yeah.
0: Daniel Carlson. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got one last thing. Mm-hmm.
1: I know a couple of years ago we did like the Chuba Hubbard tracker because yep. he was going off. Yep. I think I'm going to do that same thing for Mohamed Ibrahim. Ibrahim, yeah, I love it. Ibrahim because he just puts up yards like no other. Right now he's 11th in the country um, in rushing yards with 262 after two games. Um, there's about seven guys ahead of him who have played three games. Okay. So he's fourth on the list for guys who have played two games. Ooh. I'll just say 11th right now. He's Kay. 11th in the country, two ahead of Braylon Allen. Badger's running back. There so we go. Keep keep on track. Hopefully next time.
0: Beautiful track and mo. Great way to end it. And with the Iowa bit in there as well. We'll see you all next there week. Is a house in New Orleans.